Welcome to That Might Be Cool. I'm Jason Hammonds. And I'm Chase Anderson. And we are on the road to Endgame. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we've got we've got snacks in the back. We've got a full tank of gas, and our tires are inflated to just the right PSI. So this is going to be smooth sailing. I'm very, honestly, Chase, the one, I am very worried that there will come a point over the next few weeks where I am not able to get an episode done in time for when it's supposed to come out and it's going to throw off everything. Oh. <laughs> I'm really, I hope it doesn't happen. You we're, got this, man. We're, we're halfway done. We're recording all, yeah, we are halfway done in terms of recording right now. Not not in the chronology that the listeners are listening to. But Well, we are done uh, with the listeners. We are done with phase one and this is our entry into phase into two. Phase two. Yeah. Do you know what movie that is? It's Iron Man 3. <laughs> Ladies, children, sheep. Some people call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. Lesson number one. Heroes. There is no such thing. In a suit that doesn't really work. That's not even ACDC. <laughs> is that your ACDC? That's song? my ACDC. For someone who's such an ACDC fan, that was a disappointing dun entry it, into it. Dun it, dun it, dun it, dun it. <laughs> Have you heard how he sings? <laughs> yeah, I've heard how he sings. I listen to ACDC. Back in the show. Is this a revelation that the ACDC right. guy sings weird? Isn't he dead? He's dead, right? No, he's not. He's still kicking it. I thought he was dead, and they have a different singer. Or no, the first one Bond died. Scott like died in 1979? Yeah. <laughs> like, the first Eight? singer before they were big died. That's right. I forgot about that. They had like one of their iconic songs was one of his things though, right? Uh, dude, Bon Scott was the bomb. Yeah. Yeah, no, they have they have some really good music with Bon Scott. Oh, okay. The, the original singer for ACDC. I should know more about him. I just kind of like put them on every once in a while when I'm feeling like driving intensely. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. But uh, yeah, this is the first movie that does not have ACDC. And it was actually quite disappointing for me and all my friends. I don't know about you. Yeah. No, I feel that it does feel weird to have Iron Man without ACDC. It just seems there's it's such a symbiotic thing. And for me, that is the it's the first disappointment of many for wow. this movie. <laughs> See, I, okay, I really, really, really like Iron Man 3. This is my favorite Iron Man movie and one of my favorite MCU movies. Really? Yeah. Well, uh. maybe, maybe... It's a toss-up between this one and the first Iron Man, uh, but I I really like it. I really like it. So, uh, I, know, I, know, I know where you're coming from. So, I've, I've... The main complaint that everybody's had is obviously the twist in the end. Yeah. Which is actually a really good twist if it wasn't for who they you know threw under the bus and that's why everybody was super upset the marketing for this was so amazing and ben kingsley is such an amazing actor that and we've been waiting for this all these movies so it's like i don't know it's taking one of the most iconic characters that even the only character the only villain that anybody knew yeah from iron Iron man and then just like you know See, but I, I love that because... Throwing them out the window. Because you wouldn't think that, like, going into it. Yeah, that's it. why I think it's a great movie. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I actually, that's actually a pretty good twist. I like that, but it's... The, the two complaints, the two biggest complaints about this movie are that the Mandarin is thrown away and that 
Tony Stark isn't Iron Man for most of the movie. I like that, though. Exactly. Those are my two favorite things about it, because it's like you're taking an Iron Man movie and evolving the character really, really well. Like, I think that the character growth, if it weren't for the fact that, that Avengers Age of Ultron just so, like, without even acknowledging it, just dismisses all the character growth from this movie, uh, I think this would be 100% just such a great evolution of the character like this really paved the way for them to be able to let go of robert downey jr at some point or have him be like the guy in the chair for a while or you know whatever like something like that for a while i think they do carry on his a little bit of his character development Mm -hmm. um you know it's because it's um they could have done it better um but they have it to the point where that's the reason why he creates ultron is because he has this kind of mental breakdown in this movie. Yeah. He he feels like he can't protect the planet, so he he wants someone else. And uh it's it's more heavenly hev- heavily implied heavenly, very heavenly. Very heavenly. Yeah, it's very heavily implied that he's trying to create Ultron to replace him essentially. Sure. Replace the Avengers. Well, but that's the thing, right? Is that I feel like that that, that that and we talked about this with Scott um a bit. I think it was on the Captain America episode, but I don't even know at this point. Uh possibly. I I I feel as though that should have been something that was set up like that that it sh- we show him working on Ultron in Iron Man 3 and then in Age of Ultron we have him not being Iron Man from the start. We have we have Ultron starting out as the Iron Man role and Iron Man just sort of command centering it or Tony Stark just command centering it. Because that's the problem is like we basically go from, oh, he's not Iron Man anymore. He has the thing out of his heart to the beginning of Avengers 2. He's in the Iron Man suit flying on a mission. Yeah. Which is so, weird. I mean, what, what, what would you want to do for this movie uh, to introduce Cause, Ultron? Cause right, I, well, because right at, right at the end, you basically have like when he's ditching Iron Man, you just have him say like, I've, I've developed something that I think can take my place. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking of just being like saying something like. Because um, he has all the suits, you know, and then he's talking to Rhodey or someone, yeah. and then they could be like, "Yeah, I have all these suits, I have all this," and at the end, be like, "Yeah, I'm working on the uh, the Ultron program." Yeah, exactly. How's like, it coming out? He's like, "Not as well as I'd hope." And then, you know, in an Ultron, yeah. Age of Ultron, or even be, or even have him be optimistic about it, because because even at the beginning of Ultron, he's optimistic about what Ultron is, and so you have him. Well, he uses the. He takes the opportunity to use Loki's staff. Oh yeah, that's to true. Do it. Yeah, so yeah. like he could say like, yeah, it's it's not as developing. It's it's not where I want it to be. It's but not I, where I, I want it to it, be. Yeah. I I need something else. And then it's like, what yeah. what's it going to be? And then it shows him. Yeah. He's like, this this is what I need. Yeah. And that's why he takes well, know, th- such opportunity to yeah and advantage I, of it. I think a big part of it too is like you know it shows in Ultron that Iron Man has all these drones, like all these Iron Man drones that are ready to be deployed. And so I think he should have been just using those instead of being in the fight. You know, and you could even have it be a reveal. Like, he has the drones flying around, and then we don't realize that he's in the suit until, like, you know, because we've had his fit. You know, we're just close they up on his They already played face. that out. They already played that that's, out, sure. That's played out in... Um, in Iron Man 3. Actually, it was very disappointing for me when I first saw it. But I, I get it now. Yeah. I don't know. I understand I, it. I really like this movie because this is so Robert Downey Jr. brings in Shane Black to to write and direct this movie after he worked with him on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is I think the best Robert Downey Jr. movie, uh, and maybe the best Shane Black movie. Yeah. So we get a Christmas movie. Obviously, so we get a Christmas Shane, movie. Obviously, which was supposed to be released around Christmas, but then because of a dispute between Paramount and Marvel Studios, it got pushed to May. <laughs> Oh really? And so we have a Christmas movie that got released in May, and that was the thing is they had a pretty big gap in between Avengers and this movie. It wasn't supposed to be a year between the movies. It was only because of that dispute between Marvel and Paramount that it got pushed so far. Because this was right after the Disney buyout. 
Oh yeah. This is the first movie that like Disney made, but then Paramount still wanted it on the distribution rights, so there's this whole thing and it just took like forever. Apparently Marvel paid or Disney paid Paramount like hundred and fifteen million dollars to regain the distribution rights on this movie. Jeez. Wild. Which turned out to be a you know, I think it turned out to pay off because this movie went on to make over a billion dollars. Uh <clears throat> this is the most profitable Iron Man movie. Um That makes sense. I mean I think I remember in Iron Man 2, I said that the complaint always this was that people wanted to see Iron Man in Iron mm-hmm. Man 2, but they didn't get to see it. I think that was um, for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he doesn't spend a whole lot of time in the Iron Man suit. And the Iron Man suit, because people want to came into this movie because they're like, yeah, we want to see Iron Man do his thing again, sure. which we've, they've, we've already seen in three previous movies. But yeah, he spends most of the time out of the suit. And then and getting like, wrecked in I, the suit. Sure, and I like the that so much because wrecked. not only is he out of the suit, but he's also you know like a very destabilized character. He's really struggling and he's really going through some inner turmoil. And I think the thing is like people people forget the reason that we love Iron Man is not because of Iron Man. We love Iron Man because of Robert Downey Jr. And so seeing more of him in the role for me, I'm like hell yeah, sign me up because I, I I love seeing him embody that role. And when it's just like oh I'm in a suit and I'm doing a voiceover, it like. It's not. It, it doesn't is connect. Boring. Exactly. Do you think? Uh, well, Robert Downing Jr. was like, I want to be more in this movie. I want it to be more character driven than just the Iron Man driven. I think it was him and Shane Black because I also think Shane Black wasn't interested in writing a movie about a guy in a suit the whole time. You know what I mean? I think Shane yeah. Black goes, I want to get to the heart of this character who is a very interesting character. You know, and really find out what makes him tick and find out is Iron Man more Tony Stark or is he more the suit? You know, like yeah. what makes this person and really deconstruct him and figure out the heart of it. And I also think, too, like, this was the right time to start being like, hey, maybe Robert Downey, like, maybe Tony Stark retires at some point, you know? Well, they basically end this movie as if he had retired, and it was like, a lot of the fans, including me, were like, what? Yeah. Like, is he done? And then they were like, um, Josh Whedon, I guess, saw it and was like, what the frick am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) Yeah. And I guess he just was like, nothing. Yeah, he decided to ignore it. He's Iron Man. they, They address it in Civil War, which is nice. But it's like, uh, you know, it's it's the best they can do for yeah. what happened where he says, like, you know, I quit, but then I didn't want to quit. And I'm like, that that's actually pretty good because it's not just a, a, you know, a throwaway line. It's like has a little bit of heart and a, yeah. and a development in there. Where it makes like, sense. He's like, I have to keep going. Yeah. And that's one of those retconny going, things, even though it's I, like, but it's a good retcon. Yeah, it is. And that, that's what I like about the Russos is in, in Civil War, in Winter Soldier, in Infinity War, thus far, they've really managed managed to like tie together a lot of inconsistencies and make them make sense somehow yeah because like we talk about like it could have been easy to do this it could have been easy to do yeah. that and then they're like well the russo brothers they're like yeah it is, it is pretty easy yeah we, we can tie in things from different movies and like fix like small little retcons yeah um and not just make them a joke like uh taika watiti did with the infinity gauntlet yeah which was uh, you know it was pretty funny but like these these ones are like they i, f- I think i feel like they know the the importance of character development throughout yeah. all these movies. Yeah. To, to sort of keep it kind of consistent. And I, and I always, yeah. I always talk about the Russo brothers and I, I, I always feel bad that I don't mention, uh, uh, McFeely and Marcus, the, the writers that they work with as well. Cause I feel like those, whoever, you know, between those four people is where all this comes from for the most part of like tying all this stuff together. Who knows who, oh, who does that, what? That is true. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I just I, I really like the development of, of the character of Tony Stark in this movie. I like that this movie feels for at least two acts it feels like a Shane Black movie and then it feels like a superhero movie. Um Yeah, it doesn't really feel like a superhero movie. Um it's like yeah, it is like I guess a Shane Black movie and then 
with see these crazy like Marvel action sequences. Yeah. With the the monkeys in a barrel, which I thought was really dumb. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have done that sequence a lot better than just have hold on to everybody and we'll electrocute you to hold on. And I'm like, yeah, that's gonna mess you up. I feel like, like I feel like, like it you was... can't hold on like that. Like physically, you're they're all their arms and legs are gonna be pulled out of sockets and broken. And the... no, they're just gonna be sore. They'll be real sore. I don't know, man. That's a lot. Like having that much weight. Yeah. Because the the top guys are holding on to, to, to everybody else, yeah. and then just like so much weight when he brings down, and like you can't let go. Yeah. Just imagine the probably pulled some muscle tension that's going to be on some of those people. But yeah, yeah, then they're like all fine, and I'm like, ah, I was, I guess it was creative. I mean, it's it's better to you know maybe have an arm that was like it's you know, true, but dislocated. they don't like say that. Like, and it's like I don't know if that would really work. That's fair, but it just, it just seemed really like ah eh, yeah stupid <laughs> dumb. I um there's a lot of things I enjoy about this movie. So so the biggest like comic book source material that they pull from in this movie, uh like a lot of it obviously they pulled, you know, some interesting aspects of the Mandarin, but the really the biggest uh uh comic they pull from is Warren Ellis and Adi Granov's um Iron Man Extremis, which is, you know, where they get the Extremis experiment from, where they start doing this thing that makes them all blow up and whatever. Um I enjoy that. I think it's kinda cool to have. It is it is weird. It is it's cool that they used a character um, or like a villain that wasn't just another guy in a suit. Yeah. Because, I mean, I thought that's what the Mandarin was going to be. So I guess both the villains, the fake villain and then the real villain. Yeah. Um, it's, it's someone that, like, I guess Iron Man would have a really hard time fighting against. And totally. that's why it makes him look so weak. Yeah. In the Iron Man suit, because it's like, he can't, you know, it's really hard to fight against something that can melt through your suit. Totally. So I like I like that aspect about it where he's like, man, I'm like, I don't have anything for this. I don't think there was a volcano suit. No, totally. The suits are the really cool part, too. I love the development. Seeing the suits was awesome. Yeah, like uh, you finally get to see how many switches and switches and switches. Yeah. And it, yeah, it makes them look weak because they're getting wrecked. But I'm like, I, I get why they're getting wrecked yeah. because uh, he didn't. He was not prepared for this. He was prepared for everything. I've watched videos of each suit. Yeah. And uh, it goes from like uh, Mark 8 or whatever in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then it, it does the, the main suit for a little while. And then it gets into like these like specific suits. Uh, yeah, like specific. Like they're like they're souped up suits. And then he's like, I'm going to do this one and then this one. And then they just keep getting better and better and better. And they're like, yeah, this one is a stealth suit. This one is a uh, a space kind of suit. Um, yeah. Like super lightweight, not made for combat. This one's super fast. And then the, they, they get up to the point. And then all of a sudden um, he jumps back to wanting to do yeah. regular Iron Man suits. And I think he actually, because I didn't, I was like, man, they just start right back on the this one. But I think there was a couple more before the Mark 42 that were uh-huh. your typical Iron Man suits. Like, he gets back into the, the swing. Maybe, and maybe it's him kind of trying to, like, bring all of the things that he's learned from the other suits or, like, little things he's developed in the other suits, trying to bring them back into one compact suit, you know? Yeah. Bring little things well, from him. A lot of them you can't because they're so heavy duty yeah. or so lightweight. Yeah. Or so but like that's what I mean. Like little pieces of what he kind of figured yeah. out on those suits. Well, they, they do. So some of the suits are like one's for speed, one's for yeah. this, and then there's another one that's a mixture of the two. Yeah. And I wish they would have played a little bit more into that because, mm. you know, I had to go on YouTube and watch a video about it, <laughs> um, about the suits. I, I wish they would have got dived in a little bit more, but that's just me personally because I love, you know, the like I've said before, the the evolution of the suits and, yeah. uh, you know, how what Tony comes up with and the innovation is yeah. like, I, I love that stuff. Absolutely. Um, 
I and I I do love seeing Tony as as sort of the the mechanic, if you will, like the the creator, him like yeah, figuring out. I like stuff. that nickname. Totally, the mechanic. Uh, it's it, it's fun to see those sequences when he's getting so obsessive because that is such this character's personality of just like being insanely one-minded, hyper-focused, you know, like really yeah. obsessive over this one thing. Um, I will say, I love the casting in this movie on all levels. I think every role is cast so well. Um, you know, particularly, like, I think Guy Pierce is a good choice as Aldrich Killian. I don't like Guy Pierce's face in general, but, like, I think he's a good choice as Aldrich Killian. I love um, James Badgedale and Stephanie Shostak, who play the the two extremist kind of people. Yeah, they are kind of like no name um, henchmen. Yeah, but like I mean, they they're kind of cool. I like, but the, they bring a lot of character. Yeah, to those they bring a lot of like uh, character. Who there was something about the guy. Yeah, that in that he is uh, actually a pretty prominent character in the comic books or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know what it was, but I remember reading somewhere that like he's uh, he's a prominent character, but he does a really cool job because he's very like carefree. Yeah, like he's like I've got so much power. That he's like, I can do whatever I want, kind of thing. Super cocky, and I like that. Oh yeah, he was his character. character was Cold Blood from the comics. Cold Blood. Cold Blood. Yeah, so he's an actual villain. I think that they just retconned into making a, a henchman for the extremists. Yeah, and I I really like him. I like for whatever reason that he's just always chewing gum. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just a fun. I don't know. It's a fun thing. He's always smiling, super cocky. Like yeah, he's like got that face, and he makes those faces mm-hmm. and acts the way that you're like. I just want to punch you in the exactly. Face. It's a great presence. Like him, him and uh, and Stephanie Shostak, who plays Brandt, they both have really good like just face acting. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they their expressions are always on point. I love the um the sequence when she tracks down Tony when he's trying to talk to the the soldier's mom. Uh, and they have they have that sort of like quippy little oh, fight yeah. in the diner and stuff like that. I think she's awesome uh, in that fight. And also Tony's Tony's got some great one. Yeah, it's, in there. it kind of shows his innovation. I guess the whole movie is like that. Like um, when he's like my my suit's down, and the kid s- says to him, he's like, "Well, you built one, build something else." And he yeah. doesn't have a shop; it's been blown up. Yeah, I really love that that part too. Whereas like it's just the innovation of yeah. him, and he puts this thing in the microwave and blows it up mm-hmm. and. And then she like she's there, she delivers a line or they they have a little exchange that's given me one of my like longest recurring jokes that I'll say to people at random times, which is he blows up that thing in the microwave or whatever, and she goes, "That's it, cheap trick and a cheesy one liner." And he goes, "Honey, that could be the title of my autobiography." <laughs> and I I bust that line out so often, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I, I think I've heard you say that a couple of times. Oh yeah, it's it's a regular me. Like I'm I'm not an original person. Is really what we're saying. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, like I I just I love how Shane Blackie this movie is. It is, it's action. It's funny. It's quippy. It's crazy. Um, but the thing we haven't talked about yet is Ben Kingsley. Yeah. See, this is the thing that like I I understand the twist and I understand like I I like that twist. I love unexpected things. Yeah. But I'm like it's for me it's almost. It was the first villain in the MCU that was like, man, this is going to be, we're going to have a good villain. We're going to have a Joker-esque villain. Like, this is, this is the MCU's Joker. Yeah, because those trailers were scary. His, yeah, his voice. Yeah. You'll, You'll never, never see, see me coming. coming. And it's yeah. like, oh, he's got a voice. He's menacing. He's intimidating. Yeah. He's oh. kind of mysterious. Yeah. And then when they threw that away, it's I'm just Trevor. like, in the middle of the movie, you're just like, oh. like you're like, I'm not going to see. Dude anything about this it's and then the movie switches tones to like what they marketed to you uh-huh. like this is what the movie's really about and it's in the theater when i first saw it i was just remember thinking like so much like disappointment oh dude i see that's the thing is from the moment like literally i was so shocked that i was like 
I love this. Like from from the very moment I saw it, I was like, "Yes, I'm in love. This is amazing. I really? can't believe even they though did this. like it was like yeah, they man. threw away their best villain, their best performance. I don't care, and the the potential to be like one of the coolest things. And it's see, like, that, that's the thing for me oh, is I on. I think with with these movies, the 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 fight to have the tug of war is always story for the movie versus story for the universe. And I think honestly, what should win out every time is story for the movie because you know what the, that because it, it means that down the road you got to figure out how to work within those confines. Well, you know, he would have been a great villain for this movie, kind of. Like, but I, but I think the movie he might have been a great villain for the movie, but I think the movie wouldn't have been quite as good overall had I, had I they not. Know, had like, that I feel twist. like I'm missing something. Oh, like, no. is there something that I didn't get to see? Oh. It's almost like uh, the you know the Snyder cut of mm-hmm. Justice League. It's mm-hmm. like you know I'm like. I feel like there's something out there. There's not. There's apparently there's not. there is no Snyder cut. Yeah, but it's like a lot of the fans are like it's 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 out there. They want to believe that there's believe. something that they wanted. Yeah. So it's like man, the potential for like this, and it's like it's not there. It's like it's never existed. I'm I'm waving my hand in the air, reaching. <laughs> if if you want reference no, of, <laughs> I really what's going on here. I really, really, really from top to bottom, I love this movie. Uh, it's it's. It's the one that gets the most, not the most hate, but it's the most controversial yeah. Marvel movie, I think. Where I will it's say like, it is a good movie, though. Yeah. It is a good movie if you can forgive them. If you can that. forget that, that the you Mandarin is, is a character that, that had all like, this If stuff, they were yeah. to do that with a different character, it's like, yeah, whatever. But see, that's okay. the thing is it wouldn't mean as much if they did it with another character. Would you be okay if with... They, if they took, like, freaking, what's his name, Obadiah Stane's kid... If they took Zeke Stain, Ezekiel Stain, and just made him that character who then turns out to be not really him, like, then it's like, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but like, so let me ask you this, because I know you're a big Batman fan. Yeah. If in The Dark Knight, they were to have build up all this on the Joker and mm-hmm. then be like, oh, the Joker was just faking it for, they just, sure, you would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it would work. I. I. I think in that movie it wouldn't work because that movie's not. Yeah, but I, okay. That, so but if it's a new movie and they have the most amazing Joker, sure. and then, and then just See, have. But I, I like that no matter what. Like I've always there's. I have ideas in my head for like how they could use the Riddler in movies, and there's a few of them that are like, oh, it turns out to not even be a person, like. There's you know there's stuff like that where I yeah, really no, the like the Riddler who cares about the Riddler. So have you have you played oh, the Arkham? The Riddler's my favorite Batman villain. Actually, I he is pretty cool, but like who's going to care if it's like something different than uh So like I if, like it all. I I I because that's the thing is I think that these these movies the best thing they can do is subvert your expectations. I do love that, you know. And so I, like when when like Snoke dying in the last Jedi, one of my favorite things. Me too. I agree. I love that she's nobody and Snoke dies and it's yeah. like F all that stuff that you guys were being teased. Exactly. Because, because it's, that's, that's the thing for me, is movies are not determined by what the fans want or expect. Movies are determined by what's going to make a good movie, or at least they should be. And there's too many movies, I think, that go, oh, well, the fans are going to want this, or the fans are going to you know, they're, they're going to they're want to see this, or they're going to need this, or they expect this. I don't care about that, man. I, w- I want you to tell a good story. I don't know. I think it can backfire. Because, sure, it can. Like, uh, yeah. well, I mean, technically, Last Jedi backfired, but if, if you played the Arkham Origin game... Yeah. So Arkham Origins is the one that's not. It's before all set before all of them. And uh, Rocksteady didn't do it. It's the. It's actually. I like that one. But it's uh, the Black Mask is the main villain. Yeah. And it's like this is really cool. Black Mask. Black Mask. It's not the Joker. I'm getting sick of the Joker. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, spoiler alert. I don't know if you want to know. You'll probably never sure. play it. Who's under the mask? 
The Joker? The Joker. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's almost the opposite, where they're like, this is what fans want, um, and they take a, a lesser-known character, yeah. and... Yeah, it's, it's basically the opposite. Yeah, it, exactly. That's what I mean. Is I I like I like it. I like subverting where it's like, yeah, no, this isn't this isn't what you think it is. Yeah, so it's I, just I, it's just fun because I, I think I think in general, like I don't know, just having having those kinds of reveals where where you can really you can surprise because that's the problem with adaptations and comic book movies is you're kind of going and expecting not to be surprised. You know, if you're a fan of the comics because you're like, oh, I already know these stories and know where these characters go, whatever, like people want the stories to just be the same as the ones they read. And like it, like before Civil War, they were all, people were always talking about like, yeah, but it won't mean anything when Peter Parker takes off his mask now because he, he wasn't established or something. I'm like, yeah, so they won't freaking do that. Like, he doesn't yeah. have to take off his mask just because you're adapting the story. Like, He's, they, just, they basically just took the name and like the two characters that were fighting. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the, so it, the, something at the heart of the conflict. Based. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's, that's the, I, I guess that's the heart of it for me is like, I... I don't need things to be the same as the comics I already read, you know? And so if you want to throw away the Mandarin for a really cool twist in a good movie, like, fine by me. See, I think that that villain was better than the twist. Mm. See, I think that's the problem. Is like, I love the twist, um, you know, in hindsight. I'm like, it's pretty good, but, like, the, the villain was better than the twist. I think the fact that a, people... a good villain makes a good movie. I think the fact that people were so surprised by the twist and, and, and aggravated by the twist that they still get pissed off about it shows that the twist was worth it. No. You, I mean, you can do that in any movie. Like, throw a twist on anything and it, it... If the twist doesn't work, people won't be talking about it. It's almost like a... a I think a twist like that can almost be a cheap shot. I don't think it is because like because you can, anybody can do that. The, well, sure, anybody you can build up anything and then be like, nope. Yeah, but but it's it about away. how you pay it off, and they pay it off with a really, I think, a really good villain in in Aldrich Killian who has a personal tie to Iron Man, a personal tie to Pepper, and the ability to basically almost outdo. See, Tony that's Stark, why I didn't like it too. Where Tony the, Stark didn't see it. The first two Iron Man's villains were created by him. And I mean, it works in the in the, the world. Oh, dude, the Iron Man villain was created by him here. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Walter's no, kidding? that's what yeah. I mean. It's, it's like I didn't like that because it's like, oh, it's another villain that's Tony's fault. So it's it almost I like that. It, it totally tore down the Iron Man mantle to the point where it was like, dude, all your villains are just people that you've pissed off. I and think that's now part in of the, the world it it makes sense because he built Ultron, Ultron in the Civil yeah. War. I think that's part of the point of his character is like he's too he's too much of like an egotist. He's he's too forward thinking he, he he tries too hard to make everything happen that it ends up blowing up yeah, in his he's face. basically the worst superhero in the entire mcu oh, of course yeah most everything has been his fault yeah like everything including and i like that civil war yeah like he causes a lot of problems in that so i like that about his character yeah so i mean it works now but like when i saw it i remember seeing it and i was like oh it's just another because they have that scene at the beginning it's kind of cool to see yinsen because that's they they mentioned that in the first iron man yeah and so it's like, oh, it's just another villain that Tony created. I will. I'd love to see the, you know, a, a villain that Tony didn't create. Mm-hmm. Someone that he's, and I guess that's Thanos now. Thanos. Yeah. Thanos. Thanos. Th- Thanos. 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 Thunan. Big purple guy. <laughs> um, well, so this movie, this movie made one point two billion dollars at the uh, global box office on a production budget of two hundred million, which is uh, one of the more expensive uh, movies that they had made at the time. Uh, it still currently holds the fifth spot of uh, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe movies all time. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive. 
Um, I think all time worldwide. Let's see, this movie all time worldwide for all movies is number seventeen. Uh, worldwide, yeah, for any movie. Huh. Uh, in terms of critical response, it received a seventy nine percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes uh, from critics as well as seventy eight percent of audiences. So there was a bit of backlash, but overall, people liked it. Like I think the negative reviews of this movie are definitely people being like, "What was that Mandarin thing?" You know, like the pissed off about the Mandarin or pissed off that Iron Man didn't show up a bunch. Um, but overall, I, I think this movie was good, and overall, you know, had a positive reception and was crazy successful That's box cool. office wise. So, what do you think the MacGuffin was? We've, we've, I think we've missed a couple of MacGuffins. Yeah, we definitely didn't talk about the MacGuffin in Thor. I let's weeks see. ago, dude. Yeah, the MacGuffin of this movie. Oh, it's the um, uh, the extremist stuff. What is it? A shot that they have the suitcase that the dude first has when they make the drug exchange when Happy gets uh, hurt. Yeah, what is that? It's it's like the suitcase that they have like the extremist medicine oh, serum okay. in or whatever. So like I think the extremist like thing in general is sort of the MacGuffin of this movie. Um I guess so. It is weird though that um they give it to Pepper mm-hmm. and Pepper finally kills the Mandarin. I hate that he says he's the Mandarin. It's like I'm the Mandarin. And I'm yeah, like, that part to me I'm like, I'm like No you're not. You're you're so, you're, you're something else. Yeah. Um, he's got the tattoo. If, if he had to, said, if he had said, I created the Mandarin or something like that, then that'd be fine. But yeah, like him well, saying, he didn't I didn't even the have Mandarin. to say anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, he has the tattoos and I think they were trying to be like very Mandarin esque with the tattoos. Yeah. And, uh, and then they just, you can cure the extremists and it's like, well, okay. Yeah. It was, it was weird, but yeah. It, and I, I like that. I like how like kind of prevalent the thing was, you know, you've got all these bombings. And also, I do want to mention Rhodey. This is, I think, the best Rhodey performance. Yeah. I forgot. I was about to say, Iron Patriot. Um, I love the, the the back and forth when Iron Man's giving him shit, or Tony's giving him shit for, for the Iron Patriot name. Yeah, Iron Patriot. That. And he's like, it did well in focus groups. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of like the somehow became, instead of being a war machine, he yeah. somehow became, because he was a pilot for yeah. the Air Force. Um, that he was, he's kind of like the, the United States is Iron he's, Man. Yeah, he's like the government-owned Iron Man. <laughs> Which is uh, a little weird because, I mean, it makes sense because Iron Man stopped being Iron Man yeah. for a little while and was just making suits. Yeah, well, and for, also, I, I think it's also just the government because the government, we established that the government didn't trust Iron Man, you know, and so they wanted to do their own thing but with someone that they trusted, which is Rhodey. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I really like that. Uh, I, the other thing I do want to mention also, um, Rebecca Hall as Maya Hansen, the scientist. I think she's awesome in this movie. I think she plays a really good role there. She's pretty cool, and I like that they kill her. Yeah. That was something that's like... It's unexpected. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's unexpected. And like, like I like kind of stuff like that where it's like, boom, someone gets killed. And then it was like, whoa, I didn't yeah. think she was going to die, but... Yeah, and it's all it's it's a funny thing because... She was going to kill herself, and then... Yeah, and there's even backfire. a little peak for a minute where it's like... Maybe Rebecca, like maybe Maya and Tony, like because they, they had a really good dynamic with each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Where there was like a little bit of like almost like a wishful. I feel like that's part of the reason why they killed her off. Yeah, is to be like, well, we don't have to worry about her in the future. Probably I, she has a, like kind of a sad story. Totally, where she's she's trying to help people, and then all of a sudden she's now a terrorist. Yeah, yeah. and she's like, I don't want to be a terrorist, but like I want to do my science. So she was probably the best like scientist that's getting drafted into being a terrorist kind of thing. Yep, it's a pretty good story. I like her story arc. Yeah, it's sad, and that's kind of why I like it because in the MCU, a lot of stuff is very happy, mm-hmm. and uh, you get nice conclusions out of everything. Yeah, 
We also get this is our our basically our introduction to uh, Ty Simpkins, who would go on to be in uh, Jurassic World as well as the Nice Guys, and apparently is showing up in Avengers Endgame. Who? Ty Simpkins. He's the kid. Oh, yeah. Who ends up being the kid in Jurassic World? Who I, I don't like him in Jurassic World. I honestly am not in love with him in this movie either. Uh, I think he's all right. I yeah, think he's he's, he's hit puberty now, so he's not yeah. a cute little kid. So I like him. I like him in the Nice Guys a lot. Actually, he's got one role, and he like yeah, he's a but perv. he's fun. He's a little perv. He's a he's a cute little perv. What does he do? Does he grab her? Or is he? Just I don't remember him look. grabbing her. I think he just looks. Maybe it's kind of this moment of like I got that mixed up with like Boondocks. It's yeah. It's like this moment of him like seeing the thing that like was like tantalizing to him just previously, but then it's like kind of horrific now, you know, like, I don't know. It's a cool moment. Traumatizing. Um, yeah, obviously Shane Black apparently liked working with him. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, I think all the roles were cast well. I think the performances were, were really nice in this movie. Um, Stan Lee cameo. Uh, it's uh, him as the beauty pageant judge holding a perfect 10 uh, in that sign. Another uh, pervy one for... I'll stand the man. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> it one, is what it is. I give that one ten out of ten. Yeah, because he holds up a ten. Uh-huh. So it works. Yeah, I, I'd say I don't know. This one's like a six for me. Um, this is also this is the only movie that has the only Marvel movie that I think, as far as I know, this is the only MCU movie that like is framed by narration. Uh, which then in the post credits scene we reveal that it's Tony's been talking to Bruce Banner the whole time. Long silence. Um, yeah, a, that is a, it was kind of a trippy thing to like, I'm like, when does this take place? Like, yeah. what have they been doing? Cause I don't know. I would have liked to have seen, uh, they do tease that the Hulk or Bruce Banner is going to be in iron or, you know, at, to- at Stark, Stark tower. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that'll be interesting. And it, it you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. They just, it's not really a dropped prop plot thread. Yeah. But I was like, mm, it could have been interesting seeing like Tony and, but we see that in Age of Ultron a yeah. little bit, but it's like, what has the Hulk been doing this whole time? Trying not to Hulk out. I guess, but I was like, what, you know? I guess if you're, guess if you're Hulk, gonna... if you're Hulk and this happens, you're like, uh, I can't, I can't do this. I can't get involved. I'm going to make things worse. Well, this is the first movie that came out post uh, Avengers where everybody was like, well now where are the Avengers? Like, yeah. What? I mean, they should have be able to have. They did this with uh, Winter Soldier, where they're mm-hmm. like, "Where's Iron Man could come in and help?" Yeah, but he's dealing with his other very traumatic, the- huge event. This one's the biggest, though. Like yeah. uh, Winter Soldier was very small scale. Um, Dark World was very off world. Yeah, it is certainly very weird that Captain America doesn't show up in this, you know, or that like Black Widow or Hawkeye, like yeah, because this Nick is like Fury. a terrorist threatening yeah. the entire United States, and it's like. Well, good thing we got our new Avengers team. Where are they? I don't know. Well, Thor's gone. Um, Captain, Captain America's America doing he's, something. He's I don't know where where he is actually. Yeah, because he? he's he's working know. for Shield. You know, like why wouldn't they just? Oh yeah, he might be. Uh, you know, on some mission. Sure. Um, and then the Hulk is the only one that didn't have a movie, and it's like, well, what was Hulk doing? But mm-hmm. I guess he was. He's just doing science. Or well, I mean, Black Widow and Hawkeye. Where are they at? Oh, Black Widow's with the. Uh, with Captain Asian America doing missions because she's on the first mission when they do that. Yeah. So it you know it could be that she's Where's Hawkeye. Is, is Hawkeye mission. just sitting on his farm? When does he peace out? I think after the Avengers, I guess, because he doesn't show up again until Ultron. I think he doesn't retire until Ultron because he's in Ultron doing the working for the Avengers. Oh yeah. So it is kind of weird that they all split up and then all of a sudden they're like, we need to get Loki's staff yeah. and dismantle because we got to take care of the events of. Uh, Winter Soldier with the shield and Hydra. Yeah. And I was like, that makes sense because Hydra is a huge thing. Yeah. But 
I guess, I don't know, forget about it. <laughs> Just got to accept it. Um, we need those solo films. <laughs> uh, best performance in this movie, I think, hands down, is Ben Kingsley. Yes, and that's why I'm so disappointed. <laughs> he he is so He's able. so good at both characters. Exactly. Too. Both of them are incredible. Um, Rising Star, though. That's a, that's a tough one. Um, it's, I mean, you could definitely make an argument for Ty Simpkins. Uh, you could definitely make an argument for... The, the problem with like going James Badge Dale or Stephanie Shostak is that like neither of them have gone on to like do anything big since then, you know? Like, I think just... it's definitely the dude that pretends to be Stark in the van. Oh, yeah, the, the cameo role. That's, that's your... your... Who is that guy? I'm, I'm, I'm looking sure up he's his gone name. on to do other stuff. He, oh, he definitely has. Yeah, he's he's a comedy dude who's. But uh, I thought stuff. he was he was pretty funny. Yeah, what's his well, name? He's like just he's like he's copying the guy, and then the guy shows up in his van. Yeah, he's like, oh my gosh, so. he has that Tony Stark tattoo that looks like Scott Bayo. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking it up to find out his name because yeah, I've definitely seen him a bunch. Oh, uh, Adam Pally plays Gary the cameraman. Uh, and Adam Pally has gone on to uh, to be in a bunch of like comedies and stuff like that. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's look at him. He's cool. Yeah, he's he's fun. Yeah, I guess I guess he's probably he's probably the rising star in this movie because it is a pretty good like meaty sort of cameo role to have. I'll split it up him and then the kid because uh, they're not neither of them were got really big, but they got uh, you know, yeah. A little... And most of the other people in this movie were already established. Like Rebecca Hall was already established. You know, John Favreau, Guy Pierce. Like yeah. John Favreau, um, rising star. John Favreau, yeah. He, you know, I liked that he was still in the movie, even though he wasn't directing it. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, for the most part. Oh, um, the mid credit scene. How do you rate it? Rate it with uh, Doctor Banner? Three, really? Because it doesn't set anything up. It's uh, it's it's kind of clever, I guess, that he wasn't listening the whole time. Yeah, but I think I think it's about like a it's like a four or five. I don't remember. Like, I tried to remember back in the day. I'm like, I was kind of disappointed with it. But it was I thought it was good. fun. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, cool. Is there anything else you wanted to say? Oh, uh, did this movie... I think this movie is the ex- is the example of one of these movies that is entirely not bogged down with the larger MCU and almost does nothing to really build no, out the MCU. Not even a little. They, I don't even think they tie anything in because they don't really need to anymore. Yeah. They're like, yeah, everything's all tied together. Yeah. Like, you know it's all... We don't have to tease anything. Yeah. There's going to be more movies. Totally. I don't think there is one reference to anything other than having the Hulk at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, That that pretty much covers it for this movie. Uh, nothing else you wanted to, to cover with it? I lied. Iron Man 3 sucks. I love Iron Man 3. <laughs> uh, if you're liking the show, if you're enjoying the road to Endgame, uh, make sure you check us out on uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash that might be cool, where you can find exclusive episodes and early access to future episodes. Uh, you can also check us out on social media at that might be cool. You can find me at Jason Halftones and Chase at High Speed Chase. That's with a C, not an S at the end. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you again uh, tomorrow for Thor: The Dark World. Uh. <laughs> that might be cool. You never know. <laughs>